Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. My name's Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about digital nomads. If you can work from home, you can work from anywhere. That's the philosophy of the digital nomad. Packing a backpack, a laptop and little else, logging off in Lima and back in again in Bangkok. It's a trend that was already growing in popularity in recent years and it's only set to get bigger. After all, the pandemic has opened up so many people's eyes to the possibility of remote working and companies too. Catalonia, and in particular Barcelona, is one of the top spots for digital nomads to set up home, even if it's just for a short while. And that's what we're going to be exploring on today's podcast. I'm joined by Christina Tomas-White. Hi, Christina. Hey, how's it going? And Killian Shields. Hi, Killian. Larkin, how are you? I'm not too bad. And we're all in different places here, which I think is a first. And, you know, we haven't done it because of the topic at hand or anything. It's more of a, well, bit of a COVID situation going on here. But, you know, <laughs> we're all good. We're all fine. Um, but it, I suppose, in a way, it just kind of shows working remotely. And by extension, the concept of the digital nomad is really possible. The premise is confirmed, isn't it? Here we are in three different locations coming together to record one podcast. I mean, the, 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 this phenomenon has taken off in recent years. What kind of people, jobs are we talking about? How, what is a digital nomad, essentially? Well, a digital nomad, I mean, I suppose it's, it's more of a social phenomenon than anything that has like a strict definition. But certainly what I understand from it is anybody who has a job that doesn't tie them down to one specific location, which then opens up the opportunity for that person to do that job anywhere that they want to in the world. And I suppose digital nomad, like the sense of being nomadic, the sense of like moving from place to place, the implication would be that the person takes up those opportunities and moves off to, I don't know, maybe it's a warmer climate or a more kind of adventurous part of the world. Um, So yeah, they can do that job from anywhere that they'd like. And Christina, what kind of people, what kind of jobs are we talking about here? Yeah, so these are people who, um, some of them are employed with uh, single companies, but they're also freelancers who who do many multiple jobs for different companies, um, mainly in the tech industry. So um, people who are developers, etc., or, or people who work online, like uh, people who give lessons online. Uh, but also people who work uh, in writing or translation or any, anything that can be done online, essentially. Yeah, there's so, uh, nowadays, as we've seen, uh, you know, with the pandemic, there are so many jobs that you can actually do online. Um, whether you're a freelancer, as you said, or whether you're employed by by a company, you, you know, you don't have to come into the office. Or, uh, well, you mentioned so, the pandemic, Lorcan, just right there. I mean, that's something that's obviously changed our lives in, in so many different ways. And so many people around the world, at least temporarily or maybe a little bit more long term, have been forced to work from home. That's something that's really fed into this trend. So if you're working from home, I mean, that job can stay where it is, but that home can be anywhere, anywhere that you want it to be. Because of the nature of digital nomads and they're kind of never in any one place for too long, it's it's actually hard to say 
how many digital nomads there are. I mean, I was looking online this week trying to find out. Here in Catalonia, they publish so many statistics about so many things, but because the category of digital nomad doesn't really exist in any f- official capacity, it's not really recorded. There's no registry. There's nowhere that you can sign up and say, yes, hello, my name is Killian Shields. I am a digital nomad. There's, these records are not kept. D- definitely. I mean, just by definition, you know, a lot of these people don't necessarily have residency here or they're not necessarily paying taxes here either because they're only going to be here for a few months so it's really hard to um, estimate exactly how many there are yeah i mean i saw some estimates online saying there's 35 million worldwide but no source so i don't don't know where the figure comes (laughs) from but anyway i'll share that with our listeners make it that what you will your guess is as good as mine so digital nomads can work pretty much anywhere in the world that's the idea what makes catalonia attractive killian what makes Catalonia attractive to a digital nomad, I think, would be the same thing that makes it attractive to anybody who's looked to move here. So you're speaking to someone right now, Lorcan, and you ask that question to someone who made the decision to move their life here to Barcelona. Well, what can I say? I mean, people love to come for the Mediterranean climate. There's the gorgeous warm summers, the nice beaches to chill out on, the very mild winters as well. Today's a February day. That's the sun is shining like and when it hits you there, there's genuine heat in it but beyond the climate i mean there's the culture as well people love to take part in uh the art the music scene that, that barcelona has to offer as well if you want to go to the countryside like if, if you're more of a mountainous person you've got the pyrenees just right there catalonia has so much to offer obviously as well uh, digital nomads need good fast reliable internet connection which is something that we have here, which isn't a given everywhere. Uh, also good flight connectivity, you know, if they want to go on to their next destination. So that's something that Catalonia has. And even then within Barcelona and Catalonia in general, good transport system for getting around, you know. I suppose as well, Barcelona does market itself, Christina, as a, as a digital hub. Yeah, no, it does have a, a pretty big tech culture. And, you know, if you were listening to our past, uh, one of our recent episodes, we talked about the Ventidas Arroba, the the neighborhood where, which is home in Barcelona to a lot of like tech companies. Mm-hmm. Barcelona is also home to the Mobile World Congress, which is like one of the biggest tech trade fairs in the world. Yeah. And as well as the big events like that as well you know there's smaller little meetups and stuff which i think is important for digital nomads because one downside that you see uh, cited sometimes is loneliness so the the fact that there's a a big international community and there's that bit of a a tech scene here i think is is a big attraction for for barcelona Yeah, a lot of networking events too don't just take our word for it as well Uh, there's loads of uh lists online of the best place to be a digital nomad and barcelona does pretty well i just checked today on one of them is ranked number 37 down a bit it, it was previously in the top 10 i read dragged down because of the current temperature actually 14 degrees too cold for those nomads i you know i think it's fine personally freezing you know i mean Irish. is this constantly updated I guess so, because, you know, it said to the current, you know, it had the current temperature, like, so. You know, for people who are ready to move around just on the go. It's a fast-moving world for these people as well, you know. You might go somewhere for one month. You might go somewhere for six months, you know. You mm-hmm. want to know the most up-to-date information at all time. The other kind of downsides for Barcelona I saw were population density. It is a very dense city. I suppose that has its benefits and its drawbacks. And a low score when it comes to a lack of racism, which... It's interesting in itself, but maybe something that we can explore in another podcast. 
scores high on loads of stuff then all that stuff that we've mentioned the climate and, and connectivity and, and everything like that christina the fact that digital nomads then are attracted to come here means that there's an opportunity for local businesses to provide services and, and to cater to their needs Definitely. So, I mean, beyond the the usual cafes where people go to work sometimes, there are 287 independent co-working spaces in Barcelona, um, mainly in neighborhoods like Poblano, which is like also the tech district, but even in Gracia. These aren't only catered towards digital nomads, but also remote workers in general who, you know, are based in Barcelona permanently, but they just don't want to work from home all the time. Yeah, which I guess is something that's is attractive as well to digital nomads that are coming and they come into space and they immediately are working alongside people who are based in the city. So that would be good, I guess, from a social point of view and also from a networking point of view. Yeah, it's a good way to get to know the city too. And beyond these co-working spaces, there's actually now as well co-living spaces, isn't that right? Yeah, um, co-living communities. I actually spoke with uh, Nuria Bernat, who works for Co-Impact Co-Living, and they um, provide housing services for digital nomads when they first arrive in the city. It seems like a really cool place for maybe sort of like creative minds to sort of bounce ideas off each other like if if they've got the same kind of like shared common areas and in the co-living area uh it seems like a like a good place for nomads to set up shop for a while well we're going to hear now from nuria bernat who is a manager at one of these co-living spaces as christina just said and we're also going to hear from nathan dolan who is a digital nomad in barcelona Sun and snow, beaches and mountains, good food. What's not to tempt digital nomads to Catalonia? Yeah, cool. Uh, So my name is Nathan Dolan. Nathan Dolan, who's also worked remotely from Granada, told us about his experience as one of Barcelona's almost 65,000 tech workers. I'm a UX designer uh, for an Irish tech company called Kilvar. We make software. Our whole company is pretty much remote. We have people working all over the world pretty much um we have a bit of like a u.s base at the moment we've got people all over europe we don't even have an office anymore but why did he move to barcelona of all places um so i kind of i joined the company straight out of college and i had friends that moved to barcelona straight away just kind of for the the vibrance of lifestyle that, that barcelona offers I, I got my job and I was quite happy to have my job, but I wanted more. Ireland wasn't giving me what, what I wanted, you know, as like a, a young adult. Um, in terms of like the music and the art scene, the buzz around the city, you know, it's, a, it's definitely like a big, a big hub for young people. Even you see day to day, like the places like Macba, let's say, it's like one of the capitals for skateboarding in the world. I'm a big music fan, like all kinds of music. And I felt Barcelona could offer more of that. So much to see, so much to do, such a buzz around the city. And it's, yeah, it's just great for, for young people, really. Places like Co-Impact Co-Living in the Catalan capital, a former hostel that changed its business plan after the pandemic hit, are increasingly trying to track the growing number of people looking to work while they stay. So basically we think that digital... Nuria Barnat, uh, who works for Co-Impact Co-Living, says their customers are mainly from other parts of Europe, but also from the Americas. 
At the moment, they have around 30 people, mainly in their 30s, from 20 different countries staying there. We have a lot of people coming from North countries like uh, Finland, Germany, um, Sweden. So I think nice weather. It's very cheap for these uh, countries and also they are very used to this um, concept. A hodgepodge mix of people of different nationalities and professions were there the day that I visited. Some were cooking when I arrived, others were frantically typing away at work behind their computers, and some were also happily playing guitar and ukulele together. But when people who earn more money than locals move in, it can also lead to gentrification and gives rise to tax issues. Should digital nomads pay their taxes here, or in the country the company or companies they work for are based in? And yes, I mean, people here have to pay a lot compared to other countries. Like they tell me, like for example in the UK, so when they come here, they cannot stay more than six months because if not, they would have to pay here, right? That's comments that I hear in the co-living. And it's a pity because we could have more people coming from abroad and staying here for few months. It can also get tricky to get settled and get residency paperwork in order. Um, yes, so it was a struggle. I mean, like setting up the, the MIA, not having a company in Spain um, that would give me a job offer, obviously, because it's an Irish company and I didn't want to move jobs. That was very difficult. Um, they wanted to like know that you're so sustainable. Catalonia is definitely trying not only to attract digital nomads from abroad, but also to encourage people from urban areas to move to smaller towns. In fact, the government even piloted a program, Catalonia Rural Hub, to attract tech talent to the Garrocha area near the Pyrenees in an effort to stave off population loss. The rural hub experiment lasted only a week, and while guests at Co-Impact Co-Living normally stay for a few weeks or months, Nathan has been in Barcelona for longer. But digital nomads are always considering the next move. So my apartment is a short enough lease, so um, I have the option to extend it if I like, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I did have plans to travel to Central America, so like I've been, I've been learning Spanish like while I'm here. So that's still on the cards. Um, I'm not sure what uh, what the future holds really, but yeah, my options are open. So I, I like to try and keep it that way as much as I can. Thanks for that report, Christina. Thanks to Nathan and Nuria for speaking to us during the week. Nathan is, I suppose, living some people's dream. You know, he can come and go where he wants. Do you know anyone else? In that kind of situation? Yeah, actually. Um, I know a couple of translators who they've, they've been doing this for years, actually, not just because of the pandemic, but they're both um, they're both self-employed here. They're both autonoms. Um, so they are registered in Barcelona and they are mainly in Barcelona. But every once in a while, they'll take off and, you know, uh, do a home exchange in Berlin or work from Japan for a month. And actually, one is in Romania and one is in Greece at the moment and and they're still working even though they don't consider themselves digital nomads you know just being able to have this freedom to take off that's what um, they're doing yeah in practice it is what they're doing it seems like a really attractive lifestyle I'd say um I know another guy a friend of a friend who works with just an agency online and I've only met him once before but he was telling me that he had plans like for for after the new year so the new year just gone to like maybe spend like six months traveling all around Southeast Asia but at the same time he would continue working he would still have his job so he'd still be earning his living but 
spending his income in different countries all across Asia. I mean, I can definitely see the appeal for the digital nomads. But I mean, let's talk a little bit about from the other point of view. What about the places they're going to? I mean, there's issues around for example, Christina gentrification, isn't there? Yeah, no. So, I mean, just um, playing off of what um, Killian mentioned there earlier about this person he knows that's traveling around Asia, but still earning a salary from his um, home country. Um, anywhere you go where someone is earning a lot more money than locals, it's it's bound to bring up prices uh, and create even more inequality if it's not, especially if these people aren't paying taxes where they are. And, you know, it's not to say that um, digital nomads are the only people that are causing gentrification, but there are there are many other factors. But th- th- this is something that should be considered. And in fact, one of the reasons that Barcelona sits higher on some of these lists about where digital nomads could go is because people cite, OK, the cost of living is relatively low. And one of the reasons it's slipping down these lists, I've read as well, is because the cost of living is going up. So, I mean, there, it's it's obviously a big factor as well. If you're traveling around, you want to find somewhere where you're not spending all the money you're earning. So uh, undoubtedly, it's a factor. But uh, it's fair to say that Catalonia wants to attract digital nomads. Killian. Yes, we can definitely say that. The um, Barcelona Tourism Office, for example, uh, has launched a campaign called Barcelona Workation. And that gives people the opportunity to to come and live like a local, but take your job here as well. So you can work from uh, Barcelona, either the city of Barcelona or more so the province of Barcelona out in the heart of the countryside or even by the sea or even as far as the foothills of the Pyrenees. They've teamed up with like different companies to offer special kind of deals on like cultural activities, leisure, so things to do in your spare time as well. Mm-hmm. And accommodation too. And I suppose it ties into Catalonia really selling Barcelona's status as as a digital hub. It's the main digital hub in Spain, the fifth in Europe. And it's not just digital nomads, but as part of its drive to uh, attract startups, attract digital entrepreneurs and make Catalonia a, a kind of a good place for the digital sector in general. Obviously, they want to attract digital nomads too. people who are going to come here for weeks, months, and but maybe not permanently. But, of course, there are challenges for all this moving around. Uh, paperwork, bureaucracy, which, you know, as we've talked about on previous podcasts <laughs> in in Catalonia and in Spain, there is a lot of uh, bureaucracy that people coming from outside, like ourselves, Killian, uh, have to deal with. And it's not always easy. Difficult to wade through the red tape, isn't it? <laughs> Listen back to our new podcast. Yeah, that podcast on residency paperwork. Check that out if you haven't already. Now, and when it comes to the legal situation here, I suppose part of the problem is that currently in Spanish law, there is no mention of digital nomads. But this week, Killian, we've also been catching up with uh, Alejandro Guaita, who is a tax lawyer at DIG Lawyers here in Barcelona. And he was explaining to us that Spain is planning to launch a digital nomad visa. It's part of a startup act, Killian, which is in the works. Yes, exactly. At the moment, it's only a draft bill written by the Spanish government. So it still has to go through the Congress in Madrid and be approved. And if it is approved, then it won't come into force until January of next year. So there's still quite a while for digital nomads to wait before they can get their situation properly in order. 
things like taxation, immigration, like the laws and the legislation surrounding all of that, it moves very, very slowly. And it moves certainly nowhere near the pace that like the real life phenomenon is developing. So people are becoming more and more digitally nomadic. And yeah, naturally enough, it takes a while for the law to catch up with that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, you know, travel either without visas if they're not needed or on a tourist visa. Uh, But, you know, it's a bit of a gray area because, you know, technically, if you're going to be working somewhere, you generally need a work visa. So, but because they're always on the move, it's maybe difficult to enforce. And, you know, you're kind of entering into these legal gray areas. But in terms of the rules, Killian, when do you start having to pay tax if you if you live in Catalonia? So if you're living here in Catalonia or anywhere in Spain for that matter, if you live in the country for 183 days of the year or longer, then they're going to be obliged to pay taxes here, even if they're working for a foreign company. There's That's six months, isn't it? Half a year, basically. That's half the year, exactly, yeah. Now, that can bring up certain situations where maybe you go from country to country, place to place, and maybe you could end up spending fewer than 183 days in any country during the course of the year. Well, in that kind of situation, more than likely you should end up paying taxes uh, either in your home country or your country of employment, like where where your company is based. When we spoke with Alejandro Guaita, the lawyer uh, who explained a lot of this situation to us during the week, he kept referring back to the double tax agreements. There are double tax agreements between most countries in the world. So if there's any sort of conflict about where the taxpayer should pay their taxes, they'll be essentially the tiebreaker that says, okay, this person with their situation, they pay the taxes in this jurisdiction. Yeah, and Alejandro, as being a lawyer, as you would expect he would, he was very keen to point out that, you know, you might think you're moving about, don't have to pay taxes everywhere, but he says that's basically tax evasion and it is more than likely to catch up with you at some point. So he he had that warning. There is a special visa in Spain at the minute for startups and entrepreneurs, but the thing about it is it's pretty difficult to get approval for it. You need a full business plan. You need to demonstrate how much money you're going to make. So it isn't really geared towards this new kind of digital nomad that we've seen, which is why they're planning to bring in this new law next year. Other places that have brought in uh, a remote working visa recently is Dubai, uh, and then in Europe, Greece, Estonia, Croatia. So it seems like more and more countries are kind of trying to address this um, loophole or this kind of gap in the system, if you like. And as part of Spain's Startup Act draft, uh, one of the main kind of headlines is the tax rate for corporate tax and for non-resident income tax is reduced from 25% down to 15% for the first four years. That really seems like they're trying to attract people to come over, isn't it? Yeah, which is interesting. So the big picture, I suppose, is that the world of work is changing. You know, digital nomads are part of that. Younger generations, they want more flexibility, better work-life balance. And as we've discussed, the pandemic has kind of moved the goalposts when it comes to remote working. Actually, if you're interested in that topic specifically, we recorded uh, a podcast back in November, which is related. Uh, it's called Four Day Week and Working From Home, the post-COVID future of work. So do check that out if you haven't already. Time now for our Catalan phrase. Christina, what have we got this week? Anem per feina. Anem per feina. Well, literally, I know what that means. Like, we go 
for work or is it does it mean we move for work no what? yeah i mean killian i'm sure you've heard this one before and then parafina i think i know someone who who says it sometimes yeah <laughs> rings a bell is it kind of let's get <laughs> to work boss. <laughs> yeah let's let's get down to business let's get down to business okay and then parafina i like it perfect for today and then parafina that's all we've got time for today thanks very much Killian and Christina my thanks to you Lorcan thanks for having us and thanks to you for tuning in if you want to get in touch you can send us an email on fillingthesink at acn.cat or just you know subscribe to the podcast tell your friends uh, it all helps give us a five star rating <laughs> please we're back again next Saturday with another episode of Filling the Sink until then from me Lorcan Doherty and all of us here at Catalan News Bye for now. Adeu.